Your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. Good morning and welcome to Arts R Us. My name is Karen Cassian and I'm here with my co-host Noreen Mitchell. Good morning, Noreen. How are Good you? Good morning. And today we have the pleasure of our guest, David Yeager. And David is an artist, a musician, a writer, a composer, an educator, and now a gallerist in Bracebridge. Welcome, David. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me here. And David, how long have you been in Bracebridge and how did you end up in Muskoka before we get into all of your many talents? Oh, boy. So... Uh, my wife and I were in downtown Toronto. I, I was finishing a degree. Long story short, we uh, were tired of the pandemic. Um, my eight-year-old daughter was uh, not getting out much. I'm not sure it was the same with a lot of kids, and, and we were house poor. So we concocted this scheme to uh, sell the property and come up here. And we wound up in Huntsville first, actually. And we're sorry it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, put a bit on some land, but uh, fate intervened, and through a series of really wild synchronicities, we wound up living next to uh, some good friends of ours who also moved up from downtown Toronto. So you're running um, a new gallery, a new contemporary art gallery out new of your home? New contemporary art gallery mm-hmm. out of our home. So the previous tenant, the gentleman who built the house, had a very large garage and uh, there's two garages there's also a large outdoor garage and uh, one of the things that uh, we really loved about our house in downtown Toronto is that we had taken the moldering carriage house that was there before and we had turned that into a studio space and so um, that was actually one of the things that I was really reluctant to let go of in downtown Toronto and I can safely say that this garage studio space is as nice if not nicer so you had some experience with those sorts of galleries it seems so you lived in new york city is that any influence on you now um new york city is always a huge influence i was um in the lower east side in about 91 92 uh, at its grittiest and um was living with uh, a well-known I guess you could describe him as a mentor. He was a poet and a novelist. He was originally from New Orleans. His name was uh, Steve Cannon. And he had uh, a house, a three-story house, uh, 3rd Street and Avenue C. And there was a back room, and he ran a gallery called A Gathering of the Tribes out of his space at um, 385 East 3rd Street. And the reason I mention that is that as we speak... His entire apartment has been recreated and is part of the current Whitney Biennial, uh, Biennial wow. in New York City. And uh, it's it's more of a conceptual recreation, but it's um, I, I can tell you the original was not as nice. <laughs> <laughs> but and, it's an homage um, to him, really. It's an homage, and they have all of the flyers up. And so, and they didn't include the back room, which was kind of where the the gallery offices were, but. You can imagine if you go to the Whitney, you can you can imagine that there's a, an extra room and that's where I was sleeping and sort of soaking it all up. You've also lived elsewhere in your life. A few places. Um, I grew up in Northern California, 
a small town called Santa Rosa. I've been to Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa, California. Uh, it, it was sort of a way station. It was really like the epicenter, I think, of sort of uh, get away from the city, Northern California, uh, hippie counterculture. Uh, a lot of notable figures that are up there. It's mentioned in the T. Carafas and Boyle novel, Drop City. If you've ever had a chance to read that, they talk about coming down from the from the mountains and re-upping in Santa Rosa. It's about 50 miles. I'm speaking of miles now as an American uh, from San Francisco. And it's very similar to this area, actually. I'm noticing some parallels, right? Um, it, it was the birth of, of wine country. I was actually, I grew up there before that became a, a thing. And it was, it <laughs> so, was, you, so you went from there to New York and how did you end up in uh, Toronto? Or Montreal, or, Montreal. <laughs> or any of those any of those other places that you lived. Well, it was it was Santa Rosa. It was Santa Rosa to San Francisco. San Francisco being, of course, the, the Bay Area being very natural and and participating in a bit in that sort of uh, post punk scene that was there um, early industrial. There was uh, Mark Pauline of Survival Research Laboratories. A lot of crazy people just manufacturing things and uh, doing crazy art projects. Uh, Pauline was, you know, he would make these giant robots that would take out chunks of sidewalk and shoot flame. That was kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, he, he, he was uh, sort of um, an, an innovator, and I think he's, he's still working. So you went from San Francisco? I went from San Francisco to New York. Uh, I was in New York for about a, a year and a half, as New York often does. It, it can kick your butt. Um, it's it's extremely exciting, but it's also a very um, exhausting, exhausting, expensive place to live. And so uh, everyone in New York kept on talking about this mecca called Montreal, mm, and they said it's just like Europe, and it's cheap, and uh, it's really happening. And um, so I, I kind of scratched my head, and then through very strange coincidence, my father uh, pulled up. He decided to abandon his uh, teaching post at uh, Sonoma State University and uh, take off and uh, accept a post at the University of Quebec. Wow. Right? Because he was bilingual, right? So he actually, I actually immigrated to Canada with my dad. And did, did you have a French background before you went to Montreal? Well, my father also had an opportunity to teach at the uh, Louvain-la-Neuve and. um Europe, and that's where I got to see a lot of art. I got dragged through all the major European art collections. Um, well, dragged through, I, I, I liked it. But um, he was at Louvain, and then he was on the Flemish side because he originally speaks Dutch, and then he was teaching at uh, a university in Montpellier in the south of France. So I'd say for about a year of my young life, I was, I was a French school kid. That's cool. good. And so you did your undergraduate degree at the University of the Pacific, which is, I'm not sure where that is. University of the Pacific is in Stockton, and it's famous now for being the alma mater of Dave Brubeck, which is kind of funny, right? Because now there's a Dave Brubeck School of Jazz, but there was no jazz program when Dave went there. He was just um, a music major there. And I did not study jazz when I went there. I, I was um, studying full-on um, classical piano. And uh, so that sort of, and then music has always sort of followed me. But 
moving to San Francisco, getting involved in um, a lot of these uh, artistic ventures. Um, and New York City also, there were like members of the Sun Ra Orchestra that were uh, close to Steve Cannon. So I, I had an opportunity to sort of expand my horizon and do more of these collaborative, um, quasi-avant-garde, classical, what, what, what have you, projects. And I have, you know, and of course, like if you're a kid in the 90s, you're going to join a band. So there are a number of those. At some point, you studied music uh, in that career. I, I did a formal uh, degree in classical piano. Yeah, um, a and then further degree. on, you went to do your masters in in uh, in education. And in that education, was at yeah. U of T. That was at U of T. So how'd you get yeah. from Montreal to Toronto? Just, oh dear! Just for you. <laughs> <laughs> I met my wife. I met my wife. Oh, um, so my wife and I were um, both in Montreal, and it was just after uh, the the last referendum and uh yeah we didn't like the mood there it it seemed like it had become a little bit more divisive it shrunk a bit and she was a columnist for the gazette and uh, we really got to experience the two solitudes because the morning that we got on the train in montreal there was an actual banner farewell to her on the front page of the gazette it said bye bye bromstein and it had her little signature picture and then we arrived in toronto and they were like who are you? Well, I was going to say, was there another <laughs> banner? Welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no welcome no banner. Welcome. But yeah, she was part of the whole media ecology. She worked for Music Plus, and and um, she she was a sort of a big wig there, a superstar. And we, yeah, we just decided to. But you both started to work for Now Magazine in Toronto. So you we pop- started to work for Now Magazine in Toronto. I started writing art reviews for, for ten years. That's uh, a long time. Yeah, yeah, working with uh, Susan Cole. And um, doing really, really fantastic job, like teaching me, you know, incredible editor, Susan, and uh, since retired. But what was um, it like in Toronto during COVID for you and your wife and your child? Yeah, I mean, it it was it was an incredible burden. We were very, very lucky in that we not none of us have gotten um, very ill. And I know that that's completely random. Mm -hmm. Um, I have friends who didn't have symptoms. I've had it once without symptoms. Um, I've had people who are in very good health who, you know, suffered tremendously. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a grind. We couldn't leave Um, my daughter got afraid of the outdoors. Um, I used to do this grocery run at the independent where I, you know, wear this enormous backpack and it, it was difficult for young people, especially I, I think, um, the yeah. whole schooling thing. Especially, yes. Yeah. David, we're going to take a short break. I'm Karen Cassian here with my co-host Noreen Mitchell on arts are us. And we'll be right back with David Yeager. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. And we're back on Arts R Us. I'm Karen Cassian here with Noreen Mitchell, and we're interviewing David Yeager, who's an artist, a musician, a writer, composer, educator, and now a gallerist. What are your plans, uh, David, in Bracebridge? What do you see your future as? Uh, I know you're, you have a contemporary art gallery. We have a, a contemporary art gallery. Um, one of the things that um, I found sorely lacking in the Toronto scene, and it's becoming more urgent. And we've had the shutting down of 
major publications. Uh, we don't have Canadian art anymore. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of art writing going on in any of the, the major newspapers. Um, Gary Michael Dalt, as you know, has retired. Um, there just seems to be a dearth of representation, and I spent 10 years working with contemporary artists in Toronto who were all struggling for representation. There's only a handful of galleries, and... You have a Kate Brown up here who's struggling and is very happy to have you in our community. Or she's yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, it was wonderful to, to meet Kate, a... and, and, and we share the New York connection also, which is very interesting. She mm-hmm. went to the New York School of Visual Art, and mm-hmm. I was just blown away, right? Um, she's hoping you're planning a satellite colony to Toronto up here. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Isn't impossible, I'm sure. You look, at, you look at a place like Cold Springs, right, which were uh, Jackson Pollock decided to get away and you know probably found it um easier to not drink up there or salt Um, spring for that matter (laughs) yeah and and it has now become this sort of contemporary art mecca not that i necessarily have anything like that in mind but there are well-known and and um i believe it was um uh barnett newman used to like to go to to uh, manitoba there's like so there there is a tradition of artists sort of taking off to quieter places that are north of the city to, to get away. And um, I just think it would be nice because, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, you're going to be in Muskoka's in that remote. And no, we're a destination. People want to visit us. Yeah, so I thought I would like combine that, you know, give artists an opportunity to get out of Toronto, um, give exposure to artists that are out here. Have you like, found a lot of artists? That can, um, well, uh, the artists? show is called uh, Group of Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, because I looked at all of the artists that I picked out of a hat and and who I liked, and it turned out that there were eight of them. So, well, that's and a I, I went to go visit start. them. On, yeah, I went to go visit them on uh, on uh, Monday, and um, yeah, there are tons of underrepresented, um, unsung, very very interesting. Um, visual artists in Toronto and I'm sure around, you know, like Cape Brown in this area. Mm-hmm. What is the name of your gallery? The name of your gallery is just my last name and my wife's last name. So we're Yager Bromstein, Yager Bromstein Contemporary, which just happens to sound like a gallery name. So <laughs> it sounds or, right. or yeah. a law firm. And How about music? Um, are, are you doing any music or do you plan... I was contacted. This is probably the most amazing welcome I've received anywhere. I was contacted out of the blue by none other than uh, Mitch Bube, the saxophone player. And he said, I understand you're a keyboardist. And I'm like, really? Okay. So, yeah, I'm playing jazz. I'm working with a great young singer by the name of Hannah Archibald. And um, she is also a transplant from Toronto uh, with her husband, Ryan. And yeah, we just played the Griffin Pub, so oh, was, wow. there's, a, there's a lot of music. It's a nice venue. Yes. Yeah, it's a very it's nice great. venue. Yeah, yeah, great evening. You've done a lot of thinking about art exhibitions and writing about them. Um, what do you feel is different about becoming a gallery owner? Well, it's not quite shopkeeping, and it's not quite curating, um, I had my first experience with curating with uh, the, the Francois Xavier Saint Pierre show, the retrospective that was at the Kofler that was January, and so yeah, there there's a lot of logistical 
working with the artist. Honestly, I can't tell you what the difference is with running a gallery because this is my first venture into this. You can it, do it, it all your way. <laughs> So I think I can. I, I think it's just, it's important to sort of open a dedicated space and then let the artists sort of collaborate with you and let figure out what it is. Let it evolve. Mm -hmm. Have you always written about contemporary art? Was there a transition at some point, like from classical to contemporary, like you did with music? <laughs> well, I find that all contemporary art, the, the, the art that I um, enjoy looking at, always, you know, there's always a strongly implicated sort of classical element and there's always something in the history of painting or the history of sculpture or the history of conceptual performance that they're that they're addressing or that they're dealing with so i i, I don't necessarily make a distinction mm -hmm. you yeah. have an opening coming up what do you want to tell us about that the opening is going to be on the same night as the is it the huntsville Nuit north? the huntsville <laughs> Nuit, oh, Nuit blanche north so it's saturday july 23rd and what are the hours? I will be opening our doors sometime at three in the afternoon and people can swing by. And I imagine we'll stay open until people stop coming by. So It'll be South Muskoka, Nuit Blanche North. <laughs> South Muskoka, Nuit Blanche. Well, I've done many Nuit Blanches as part of Now Magazine. So um, Ours is probably isn't as late as what you're used to in Toronto. It usually starts to close down around 11. It's more of a family. Well, it's definitely Blanche over by one or <laughs> cleanup is done by two. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. but, um, can you tell us a bit about what you and your wife do and continue to do with refugees? Oh, wow. Um, I know that's a big question. How to question. walk like a refugee. <laughs> yeah, uh, you did a walk, yeah. We, we did a walk. We did... Uh, we do three walks? I think we did three walks. You did? We yeah. read that. Yes. So um, we were part of the first wave of, of uh, families that were sponsoring refugees in um, from Syria. Toronto. From, from Syria, Syria yeah. as a result of the Syrian civil war. And so, um, you know, my wife saw the picture of the, the young boy drowned on the beach and she couldn't sleep. So... She um, found out about the sponsorship program. We put together a Westside refugee response. And then um, my wife, who's always very, very um, action plan oriented, uh, started to get nervous she, because you know how the sponsorship program works. You have to raise. Um, you have to raise a lot of money. You have to it raise 30,000 people at generally least. to the do group so. of people have quite, to raise. Yeah. yeah. We we had a and we had like a fundraiser at the Lula Lounge and people came by and that was that was okay but it didn't quite get us there and so you know I remember we were walking down our street St Clarence and she said what can we do how can we raise money what do refugees do a lot of and I said I don't know they walk and that's how walk like a refugee was born so we decided that we would need a nice destination right like a, a noteworthy so we're like okay we'll walk to Niagara Falls. And uh, with our, your daughter, with our, we found a bike trailer. <laughs> oh, good. Somebody sponsored us. Yeah, she didn't walk the whole way. No. She was two and a half the first time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, it was her and her iPad in, in, in the uh, in the trailer. And some of it's quite scary, right? Because you're going along the I would think so. Auto service roads and, and highways yeah, and going along the yeah. highways. And, and you have a couple from Uganda that you're sponsoring. Uh, that that's going to be actually um, so Amir and Noor uh, were the first family that we sponsored with their daughter Sally 
Um, they have now had another daughter. Then it was uh, Nora's uh, sister and her brother-in-law. They came afterwards. They were stuck in Dubai. Um, and then uh, we're now waiting on... Um, we helped some refugees from Manus Island. I don't know if you talked about it, but there's this uh, abandoned um, army base that was um, outside of Australia, and they just warehoused all of these people. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people try to leave the Middle East and walk to the tip of Indonesia, and they just wind up in New Guinea. Mm -hmm. So there was uh, you know, upwards of 400 men that were just warehoused. And I could go on about this. And um, the uh, family from Uganda, they're they're stuck in Nakavale, and that's a long process. It might you, be a year you know, or two you years a before big we house them over. To help accommodate some of these people, which I think is pretty cool. Well, uh, the, the house just wound up being the house that it was. We were planning on building. We we're just incredibly lucky. And uh, our next door neighbors, who helped us find the house, and who were originally from Toronto, were part of the West Side refugee response. That's how we got to know them. So you could say that it, you know, this is the work that helped bring us to, uh, to Bracebridge. We could talk to you all day and all night, and unfortunately we've run out of time. So we're coming to your opening. We can do this before Nuit Blanche Nord. <laughs> we're looking forward to it. We'll bring Kate. Amazing. Um, thank you, David, for joining we us. We need to know where to go, I guess, the address. You yes. can you can go to um, Instagram, and, and uh, all of the information will be posted. Uh, I, I just want to be cautious because, like I said, we're really flying by uh, the seat of our pants here. But I, I think that Saturday the 23rd seems like the best and, w and what is your address? Uh, we're we're at uh, one six seven six Beaumont Drive. Okay, yeah. that's great. And do you do you have a website? You, I know you're we have an Instagram account. We are building a website, and um, any information you can sort of DM me directly on my Instagram account. The Instagram account is Bromstein Yager. Okay. Bromstein Yager on Instagram, and you'll find us. I found it. Yeah, so did I. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you again, David, for joining us, and we wish you well, and we'll see you at the opening. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Bracebridge and how that affects all Muskoka. Mm -hmm. For sure. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for having me. So, Noreen, I just want to mention a few performing arts happenings uh, in Huntsville. Um, the Huntsville Festival of the Arts has a full lineup, full summer lineup, um, starting with looking at the dates. Um, Joel Plaskett is playing July 8th. Um, we have a music at noon for a week at Trinity Church, July 11th to the 15th. William Prince is coming July 14th. These are all at the Algonquin Theater. Ralph and Lena, that's our executive director, Dan Watson, and his wife, Christina. They've, uh, they're doing a play that they wrote and they're acting in, the two of them. Um, that's July 15th to the 17th. Down Child Blues Band, July 21st. Natalie McMaster, July 22nd, and of course, Nuit Blanche North, July 23rd. And I could go on, but we don't really have a lot of so time. So I think for we that. need to make a correction because it's the 23rd is the Saturday. That's 23rd what, is the Saturday. Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, sorry. Fine. Yes. Um, and uh, the HFA has a fall um, and winter lineup coming out. I won't talk about it today, but maybe next week we'll, we'll start dropping names of our. So in Why some not? of the things happening in visual arts, the Huntsville Art Society has a show on in Partners Hall, and it's by the Brushstrokes of Muskoka. That's a group show. That's on for the entire month of July. 
also uh, Huntsville Art Society artists are showing at the Summit Center. It's called Summer at the Summit. That's 21 artists showing 36 works, and that's on actually until September 30th, so you've got some time with that. Just a little shout-out to Muskoka Arts and Crafts. Their summer show will be in the Annie Williams Park. Uh, at, that is for July 15th to 17th, so again, lots happening and mm-hmm. down that way. And also there's a show on in Chapel Gallery, um, and that reception starts on Friday, July 15th. And these are two artists well-known to us, Marika McDonald and Roxanne Dreger. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a continuation of a show that they started to have in, in 2020, but was closed uh, three days after they opened. And so they're going to resume that, and it's called Two Roads Diverged. Don't forget the Arts Loop in the Lake of Bays area. And uh, just look up artsloop.ca, and you'll find out more about that. And also at the um, Algonquin Room in Algonquin Park and at the Visitor Center, the friends and family are offering uh, artful offerings from the Cache Lake community. Those are the leaseholders and their family and friends in, in Algonquin Park. And one last thing I'm going to mention is the Huntsville Horticultural Society has its garden tour on Saturday, and July 16th. And you're a 16th. member of that, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Oh, and also NASA. Don't forget New Adventures in Sound Art. Look, they have a whole summer of things happening. And World Listening Day is on July 17th. And that's in South River, right? South River, right. Yes. Lots of lots is going on. Well, thank you again, David Yeager, for joining Maureen and I. Uh, we wish you well. And once again, Arts and Arts Russ is signing off. There's only one Hunters Bay Radio. We, we are Muskoka. Muskoka.